When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Okie dokie, Larry Ogunjobi. I like that. I love it. I, I love like the that. signing. I, I love, just like that. Could you not be okay with the signing? Like, seriously, no. who who could not be okay with the signing? There's, there's really no negative when you look at it, and I think the biggest negative that could hypothetically have been a negative was, oh, you signed a guy who just failed a, failed a physical for a long-term deal, and you're putting a lot of eggs in his basket. It's a one-term, one-year deal. So it's not that much it's not term. A long, You're it's not, not committed to this guy. Nope. He doesn't bounce back to the form that he displayed in four years in Cleveland and one year in Cincinnati last year after this, you know, struggling to clear a physical in Chicago. You just move on from him next year. Maybe DeMarvin Leal by then is all set and ready to go to take over that spot. Maybe you like Wormley more after another year of seeing him and he's ready to take that spot. But there's no long-term commitment and there's we just did an episode about high ceilings. There's still a high ceiling on Larry Ogunjobi. Not only do you have a guy that can really come in in 2022 and help stabilize that defensive line, I don't want to get too far in front of myself and say, oh, defensive line is fixed. Best defensive line in the right. NFL. Not, no, you're not it's not going to do that. that. It's not going to be what it was if it were to still be here. But it this definitely signing, feels signing, more stable now. Yeah, and this signing doesn't happen. This signing isn't even a, a thought, a blip on the Steelers' if radar. Two is back, if of course. two is back. But it's not just, you know, okay, you feel a little more comfortable in 2022. It's... Hey, he played like Larry Ogunjobi in Cleveland. He played like Larry Ogunjobi in Cincinnati with the seven sacks. He helped in improving our run defense. Sure. Let's sign him to a three-year deal. Let's sign him to a four-year deal because he's only going to be 28 years old. So not only are you stabilizing your defensive line for this year, you're potentially getting a guy that could be a part of that core and honestly would become the youngest starter on your defensive line for the foreseeable future. So... You've got low risk and potential high reward, and above all else, you just feel a little bit safer about that defensive line now, a little more cozy. Yeah, this isn't the equivalent of going out and signing the equivalent of a Chris Wormley in the NFL. When the Steelers went out and acquired Chris Wormley, there weren't fireworks being launched or there weren't conversations about a guy coming in and saying, look at this potential, look at this guy who could get potentially double-digit sacks for us every year being the third biggest threat on the defensive line. This isn't just another death piece that you have that you now just have to worry about, okay, am I going to put him as the fourth or fifth guy? This could easily be the third starter on this defensive line. I believe he will be. I'm guessing you agree with that statement as well. Larry? Larry O. Oh, yeah, it'll be uh, Hayward and Alu-Alu on the outside, and Larry, and Larry O will be man in the middle. I think that's exactly what's going to This isn't out. just 
how you saw the Steelers over the past couple of years, oh, let's go out and get a depth piece just to have some more depth, just to feel a little bit comfortable in case one of our other starters go down and then another backup goes down because the Steelers have had that issue many times and many different positions over the past couple of years. This is a starter. This should give you the same excitement as a Levi Wallace or a Miles Jack. He'll make it. He is a starter to Charlotte 49ers starting in your defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Alex Highsmith and now Larry Ogunjobi. Look at that. How about that? Charlotte represent. What what a young up-and-coming college. That seems to be producing NFL just studs. Keep, just keep giving it to him. Six foot four, 305 pounds. Uh, he checks those boxes as far as being that man in the middle. Thing that he's better at is pass rushing, though. Uh, that's been evident in his career. You know, he's had five and a half sacks twice during his tenure in Cleveland. He had a career high in sacks last year with seven in Cincinnati. Um, Sixteen quarterback hits last year in Cincinnati was a career high. Um, he has always had a knack at getting after the quarterback, getting some tackles for loss. And that's nothing that the Steelers really need, to be quite honest with you. Uh, we know that they're going to have, if not the most sacks in the NFL this year, two or three uh, in that category because Hayward, Watt, I mean, all those guys are going to get theirs. You're not going to have a problem getting to the quarterback. And Larry O just helps add to that as well. You really hope that he can come in and at least somewhat help that run defense, though. And some detractors have said that, you know, that's not really his cup of tea, not his forte. More pass rush, less on the run defense. But I don't think that necessarily means that he's bad at the run defense. And I think no, it he's just means better he's, than any of the does, other options they have, not named Cam Hayward, at doing that. He just Everyone has their specialty. Just because something's not a specialty doesn't mean it's a weakness. It's, it's not black and white, right? There is a gray area. And just because he, he excels in one area doesn't mean he can't improve another area of his game. And they're not going to say, hey, don't rush the passer, because getting pressure up the middle is unbelievable. When a quarterback can't step up in the pocket – Especially with guys like T.J. Watt on the outside, you know, if a quarterback tries to step up away from him, but Ogan Joby's right there, <laughs> that's an easy sack because either Larry's getting you up front or Watt or Hayward's mm-hmm. getting you from the outside. Uh, so it's not like they're going to say, "Hey, don't try to get after the quarterback." But I bet there's going to be an emphasis on him on first down, second downs. We need you to plug gaps. We need you to stop the run. Like uh, third and longs, yeah, we want you to stay on the field, and you have the ability to stay on the field for all three downs and, and get after the quarterback in the pass rush there, mm-hmm. and we're not going to lose anything at that, but we know you can do that. We really brought you in here to help stabilize that run defense, and again, we're not asking you to make our run defense you know, top five in the league, but you need to get us into the better half of the top 15 this year because we have the most expensive defense in the NFL, and if we don't perform to that standard where the performance and the results match the payroll, then it's going to be a failure. So we need that elevation in that run defense, and it starts with you because you're that first line of defense. And the beauty of it is someone like um, a critic who would point out that the Steelers had the highest paid defense but the but the 32nd least paid offense, to say that because... Larry Ogunjobi would be signed and didn't contribute, that means it's an absolute failure? No, because how little of that total money that's going toward that defense is going to Larry Ogunjobi singularly. Very, very little. Yeah, well, One year. So just because you are you have that highest paid defense and Larry O doesn't really contribute, I, if, if, the, if the defense for some reason stutters, or, or, or sputters rather, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, well, the Larry Ogunjobi deal was a waste of money. 
No, no, no. It, it's not a waste of money. And we won't know if this, you know, defense is a failure until we turn these microphones on at the end of the year and we look at the stats and they're sure. in the 20s and run defense again, or they're in the 15s or 16 range when it comes to total defense. Then, then you know, that's, that's a pretty poor effort from a very expensive side of the football. But my prediction is it won't be that way. I think that the run defense is going to improve. I think that, you know, you had a lot thrown at you last year. Yes to it never showed up. But there was always a cloud hanging over the team that he might. And we always were like, well, maybe two it'll show up at the beginning of, of the season when he didn't come to camp. And then it was like, well, maybe he'll show up, you know, middle of the season. And then it was, well, maybe he'll be ready to go towards the playoff push. Or is it is it an injury holding him back now all of a sudden? And he sees he's just in a rehab process. Maybe he'll be able to go mm-hmm. win the playoffs start. Maybe he'll play in the playoff. Well, now. Now you know for sure that's not a thing. Nope. And last year, and I guess this could happen again this year, knock on wood, but... Alu-Alu getting hurt and that cloud of stuff to it will he or won't he hanging over you really put them behind the eight ball when it comes to that defensive line. They're the f- furthest thing from behind the eight ball now. They've got three nailed-on starters at the position in the NFL, and now with guys like Wormley and Loudermilk sliding to their depth roles, it's just well-rounded now as far as a unit. I also think, too, Tom, even say either Tyson Alu-Alu or Larry O goes down this year, I still think you're in a better position than you were in last year because last year you went without Stefan Tua for the whole season and you were essentially without Tyson for the entire season. I think he what, got hurt in that second, second game. game against the Raiders. So you missed essentially the entire entire season. Whereas this year you have all three of your starters ready. If one of them goes down, then you're still left with two guys and then the the Wormleys and the Loudermilks and maybe even the DeMarvin Leals. Maybe not DeMarvin, but those two guys specifically, Wormley and, and Loudermilk, have that experience now, that starting experience that they got only because of last year. So right. even if it's a if, even if it's an unfortunate incident where Tyson can't come back from that injury or he gets re injured or Larry O gets injured for the whole season or a majority of the season, you're still in a, I think you're still in a better place than you were last year because you'll still have two out of your three starters available to you. No, yeah, no question. And, you know, you can survive a couple games. There will be one of the three, Hayward, mm-hmm. Ogunjobi, or Alu-Alu. One of them will miss time this year. I feel that's very comfortable slapping some yeah, money down sure. on that kind of a bet. That That's just going to happen. <laughs> no, it would be incredibly morbid if a I casino mean, was betting on injuries. But TJ Watt broke, or tied the single-season sack record, and missed, what, a couple that. of games? Yeah, a handful Here and of there. games. So it's just the nature of the beast, and especially at a position like that. So the odds are likely that one of the big three starters are going to get hurt on that defensive line. You're absolutely right, though. A couple games of Wormley and Loudermilk maybe platooning, Loudermilk on the run stuffing downs, Chris Wormley on the pass rushing downs. Absolutely do. Absolutely can get you through a stretch. If it's Hayward, it's going to be a lot harder, but I still think you can survive one, two, maybe three games with one of those big guys down Mm -hmm. and one of these other guys in the depth roles rising up because – not only that, but like guys that were in depth roles, like Montrevious Adams and now Leal, who is, would you say he's staring in the face of a redshirt year now? Honestly, with how much depth they have. Well, now with Ogan Joby taking up the third spot, you have not only just one spot that can be rotated between you and two other guys. You have zero spots, and you have two guys ahead of you on the depth chart that could take over anytime one of those three guys needs a break. Well, I will say this. I think So if, yeah, I I would say it doesn't look great for Leal getting any real playing time this year. I, I will say this though, with um maybe Chris Wormley, you can see him playing 
on the end spot or in the nose tackle spot. I don't see Loudermilk jumping out to the ends. Mm-hmm. So if it's an Ogunjobi injury, then I think Loudermilk can replace him that way. But Wormley is that number four guy because he can just plug and play at any spot on that line, and that's what you're going to need him to do. And seven and a half sacks last year, that's pretty damn good, especially mm-hmm. for a guy that was you know thrust into action because of injury and step to it not being there. Now, a lot of that came against his former team, the Ravens, in one game, but that still count, you know? It's still sure. He still has seven and a half sacks on his official tally for the 2021 season. So I'm comfortable with Wormley being that fourth guy, you know, spell a guy here and there, um, put him on the outside, have him play in the end spot if he needs to because he's shown that he has the ability to pass rush from that spot and he can get it done there. So I love the flexibility that he provides there, and then I think Loudermilk's that next guy up, and then maybe Montrevious Adams all I mean, of a sudden have, slides I mean, in at that this point. This guy has more starting experience than a lot of other people that I know. are trying to break their I know. way to the it, NFL. It, it's night and day what the defensive line honestly looks like right now. It, it looked like one of the biggest question marks, and I'm not saying that it's going to be a superstar-laden unit now, mm-hmm. but my God, do you feel just so much more comfortable about it. I mean, so much more comfortable. There's, and again, it's the injury aspect of it too. Like if someone goes down, I'm not panicked anymore. I think the Steelers kind of learned their lesson. It's not a lesson. It's not that they were at fault for having so many guys go down with injury, but I think they are trying to better prepare themselves after the last two years, really, because you can go back to 2020 when you lost Bud Dupree and you lost Devin Bush for the entire year. You didn't want to be left with the Avery Williamsons and the Robert Sperlanes getting so so much starting time, and you you compare that to last year with guys like Martrevious Adams and Chris Wormley. Not to say that they're at fault, but they're obviously not the guys you want to be putting out there for 15, 16 games a season. So now I think I just think with the last two seasons in mind, the Steelers are doing a better job of preparing for the injury bug rather than reacting to it and saying, okay, well now we gotta go get a replacement guy or just another death piece to, to fill up that position. It's also just gotta feel good, Steelers fans, to know that even though you're entering into the post Ben era, there is clearly still an emphasis on winning now. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers are not waving a white flag of any sort on this season whatsoever. If the Steelers didn't want to They would never rebuild. have signed this if they didn't want well, to compete for a playoff spot it's, this year. It's this. It's the Miles Jacks. It's the Levi Wall. It's, it's Mitch Trubisky. You would have just been comfortable botting me out, right? You would have just been comfortable playing guys that are out of position <laughs> as far as where they fall on depth charts in this league and just seeing where you go. But it is so clear that there is no white flag being waved and waved whatsoever. This roster looks entirely different on offense and defense. The starting 11 and a couple of backups looks entirely different if the Steelers were really willing to just say, you know what? We're done with Ben. Let's give it a couple years to really rebuild. That's just not in their DNA. You look at the roster that is supposed to start week one, right? The the top guys and maybe a couple of depth, depth pieces like uh, a DeMarvin Leal or a Calvin Austin III. A lot of these guys who are on the team right now, whether via free agency or via the draft or via trades, are not on this team if the Steelers no are really ready, just willing to, to give up once Ben retires. And Larry O is like the bat signal in the sky for me for that. I'd say because, Larry O and Miles Jack. Well, Miles Jack, the reason I'll push back a little bit on you for Miles Jack is because 
can you really explain away we're going with Robert Spillane and Devin Bush? Like, you needed to get a piece there. You could have easily explained away, we like Wormley and Loudermilk, you know? We like what they've got. We're well, going to roll with them. I'll, I'll counter just, your just, counter. Just because you're not, you know, going for it, you can't completely just be like, we're not going for it at all. It's so obvious. Like, you have to at least put on the airs. I'll counter bit. your counter with maybe they don't get a mile shack. They just get another guy. Maybe they bring Schobert back. Exactly. And maybe they just run it back with everybody. Right. Except for Hayden. Who, by the way, still inside. Might kick the tires on him a little bit. One, I mean, especially if you're clearly not waving the white flag. One year with Hayden again. It's if fine. Larry Ogunjobi can be signed to this team for one year, if Terrell Emmons can get a two-year deal, you can get Joe Hayden on a very team-friendly deal. Considering it's yeah. late June, Tom, we're about. If you look at the calendar, today's June 23rd. Most teams, I believe, all NF. Majority, if not all, NFL teams report for training camp July 26th. So we are just over a month away. Considering we're that close and Joe Hayden is still unsigned, I think the signs point to Joe Hayden will only be added to an NFL team that is not the Steelers if someone on their team goes down with an injury during training camp or during the preseason. That's what he seems like to me. From the perspective of the other 31 NFL teams, the Steelers, I think, are in the best position right now to sign him to a team-friendly deal before another team snatches him up. You want to hear something that's exciting, though, about the cornerback position? Sure. I was perusing Instagram the other night. Whoa, look at you. NFL, Big NFL, social media guy. NFL and Next Gen Stats tweeted out the top 10 coverage players of 2021 based on their Next Gen Stats. It's based on targeted expected points added a.k.a. how much an individual player impacts an opponent's scoring potential in the coverage game. Okay. Levi Wallace was eighth on that list. Very in nice. Buffalo, as a number two, now he's got a little bit of a bigger role being a number one here, but hey, that instills a little bit of confidence, right? And and maybe that tells you, maybe you don't need to go out and get Joe Hayden. We've got a younger guy who can step into a number one role. I think you... I think with the signing of Levi Wallace, you... You tra- not necessarily traded guy for guy, but you gave up Joe Hayden, your number one, for a possibly better number one. Yes. And a much younger number potentially, one. Potentially. Potentially better. I'm not willing to say that he's going to be until we actually see him do it. Because he's never been a number one. He's always been next to White great in that point. Bills defense. And White, White's a shutdown, legit elite corner. But he is, corner. on paper, I believe right now, the Steelers' number one cornerback. Of course. Yeah. No question about that. I, I know Witherspoon said that he's top five. That's and a good I, point. I love that mentality from uh-huh. him. Got to prove it first, and I think you're number two right It's now. a good point because when the Bills are going up against pass-friendly teams, it was Tredavious White who was taking wide no receiver question. one. Yeah. So it'll be a test, of course, for Levi to take over that role. And, you know, Steelers don't always follow receivers across the field, so it's not necessary. it's not like, hey— you know, we're sticking you just on. Just because you're the number one cornerback and they're the number one wide receiver, like, hey, that's the assignment. Right. Hey, Witherspoon, just because you're number two— Jamar's coming out to you every once in a while, and we're not having Levi follow him. So, like, there really is no one two mm-hmm. when you think about it. When you're in the game, there really is no one two. Well, maybe that should make you feel better about Levi Wallace's numbers. I think it should, and I'm I'm optimistic about Levi Wallace. Back to uh, Ogan Joby though, and I wanted to touch on what happened with him and the Bears because he agreed at the very beginning of free agency, uh, like first week, that. Uh, you were allowed to sign with teams. Uh, he visited the Jets. He visited the Bears. He signed with a three-year, $40.5 million deal in Chicago. But on March 18th, he failed his physical. And the Bears did not want to disclose why he failed his physical. Now, Ogunjobi did undergo off-season surgery to repair a right foot. 
But this isn't a guy that has a track record of not being able to stay on the field. In fact, it's it's quite the opposite. He's missed only a handful of games. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. About three or four total in his NFL career. He missed he missed one last year. He missed one the year prior to that in Cleveland. He missed one the year prior to that to Cleveland. And he played every single game in 2018. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy is always available. So maybe his right foot wasn't, you know, all the way back yet. Whenever they had the physical on March 18th, I mean, very he, possible. He played for the Bengals, man. If like this... he had off-season surgery, they were playing until the very end of the year. I know he didn't get to go in that Super Bowl, but like, he's still. You know what I mean? You hold that off-season surgery off until the season's over. I'm a little surprised the Bears were so willing to just say, "Well, he, he failed the physical, so we're done with him entirely. We're not going to revisit the chance of re-signing him or, or signing him and or reevaluating him. No, we're just done." I think that was a big mistake by the Bears. I think it was, too. Um, You know, he got hurt in that first playoff game against the Raiders, so he was only able to play in the one game during Cincinnati's Mm -hmm. run. But then, you know, the season ended for them in February. He gets the surgery, and maybe you don't like where he's at in his rehab process from that surgery, (laughs) but you're right. Like, you got to at least just trust the guy that he's going to get back, that he's going Mm -hmm. to, you know, not just— he's not Albert Hainsworth, you know what I mean? Like, he's not—he does not have a track record of that. Now fast forward to here we are at the end of June. Steelers signed him the day he visited. One-year deal. Don't even let him leave the building. Yeah, how about that? When we did our episode a couple days ago, I had mentioned we were talking about depth pieces overall, and I had mentioned Larry Ogunjobi possibly being signed. So I don't know. It's just a visit. It doesn't really mean a sign. And how about that? I was wrong. He was not allowed to leave the building without putting pen to paper Mm -hmm. on a contract. And now you got to look at the Bears and wonder, do you have egg on your face? Because I think they do. The Steelers not only are willing to, you know, it's a it's a one year deal and it's a lot less capital than the Bears' three year forty point five million dollar deal was going to be, but the Steelers are willing to not only sign him to that one year deal, but he's going to be a starter on that defensive line. Now they're confident in his health mm-hmm. that week one he's going to be able to play against the Cincinnati Bengals, his former team, and try to get a sack against his old buddy Joe Burrow. So I can't help but think that the Bears really dropped the ball here, and you know. Maybe a little too knee-jerk reaction there with him hmm. not passing that physical uh, right at March 18th. I, I think agree. it's something that he should have just revisited again. But here's another little wrinkle about Ogunjobi. Sure. Yes, this is probably, what, the second, third wave of free agency that we're in now? I'd say we're in the, snagged him up. the third, yeah. Technicality, he's a first-wave free agent guy, though. Because, because of he the Bears was being pursued signed, by right? the Bears. Yeah, he was one of the first D-tackles mm-hmm. off the board. And I think he was the most attractive defensive tackle on the market this year. Hmm just because 
Ndama Kongsu's age is probably the only thing that would separate the two. Hmm. Ogunjobi's probably got a little bit more tread on those tires than Sue. Talent-wise, uh, right now, Sue's probably a little bit better than Ogunjobi. But Ogunjobi had the potential of not just being good this year, but good for a couple years to come. So I think the Steelers really, you know, lucked their way into, because of another team's incompetence, the best defensive tackle signing that they could have had in this offseason. Steelers tend to do that, don't they? They take advantage of other teams' mistakes. Joe Hayden comes to mind. This Ogan Joby deal now comes to mind. Um, interesting that other teams who also need defensive tackle help didn't continue to pursue him either, though. Obviously, the Bears saying he failed that physical scared some teams off. But, hey, that's good news for the Steelers and bad news for the rest of the NFL. Um, yeah, you know, just in, in the summary of uh, of it all, I, I love the fact that he's played um, – with winning pedigree teams recently, you know, he's been a part of the Browns renaissance, if you will, in that uh, city, them becoming a competitive team. And then mm -hmm. last year he played for the AFC champion. Again, he didn't get to the Super Bowl with them, but played in a playoff game, played in 16 games for them as a starter, had seven and a, seven sacks for them. He mm -hmm. was an absolute force for the best team in the AFC in 2021. So love the guy uh, coming in with a winning pedigree already under his belt in his uh, first five years in the NFL. And now he's just coming into a culture that is the top of the list when it comes to those winning pedigree teams in the league. So don't think he's going to be a problem fitting in uh, culture-wise. No, I don't think so either. I think this is. I think a lot of people in the NFL, a lot of athletes in the NFL, when they come to the Steelers, it doesn't take them very long to, to recognize how different the Steelers are run compared to other teams and how excited that makes them to be a part of that team. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I think it's always going to be just an attractive destination, especially with Tomlin. And I'm sure you sure. all heard the I Am Athlete podcast with him and how open he was with former t uh, player Ryan Clark, Ryan Clark. and Pac-Man Jones. And sh uh, or no, it wasn't Pac-Man Jones. It was Ryan Clark. And I was thinking of the Chase Claypool interview when it right. was with Pac-Man Jones and, and LaShawn McCoy. Steelers are doing a lot of podcasts right now. It's hard <laughs> to keep track of them. And they're good stuff. They're well, Ryan, Clark's extremely t Ryan Clark's made an entire second career for himself as, yeah, a, as it was a, a great interview, NFL analyst. Uh, with Tomlin. He really opened up about a lot of stuff. So if you haven't listened to it, just YouTube Mike Tomlin. I and uh, just YouTube Mike Tomlin podcast. Mm -hmm. It'll come right It'll up. It'll come right yeah. up. Yeah, so it was a phenomenal stuff from him. But yeah, he's. you could tell in that interview why players love to come here, why players want to come here, why guys like Miles Jack said, you know, you know, Brian Flores was a great reason why I came here, but also Mike Tomlin. I mean, I want to play for a guy like he Mike says, Tomlin. He says Miles Jack has praised the Steelers for saying, I got two head coaches on my I team. I got two head coaches on my team, and no one can really boast about that uh, elsewhere around the NFL. So yeah, I, I don't think Ogunjobi's going to rock the boat in any way, and some people who point to the whole Mason Rudolph incident back in Cleveland and Ogunjobi was a part of that. Man, these guys are professionals. You know, he was on that team then. He's been on a different team since then. And now he's on the now he's now. in the Steelers locker room. There's not going to be any kind of bad and, blood at all. They might not even remember. And does Larry O have to say, oh, no, my starting quarterback is this guy that I had an issue with? He might not even be in the same locker room as Larry O in a couple come of the, weeks. Come the start of the season. Let's right. be honest about that. And Hey, he's still a part of that three-way battle as it stands right now. Sure. So don't want to say anything, um, you know, ahead of time. But writing's kind of on the a wall. lot. A lot can happen in between now and then. Maybe the seal. A lot of people were criticizing the Steelers for hanging on to Mason, but God forbid if something happens to Kenny or Mitch, Steelers are in a much better position if, considering they held on to Mason and are not left with just one healthy quarterback in the preseason. 
What do you think about the defensive line overall now? You think top 15 unit? Oh, it's tough. I, you got to – I think I can only make that judgment call once the season starts. Just Potential because I would have said it was a top 10 unit, even without Stefan Tuitt there at the start of last year. And then when Tyson went down, I mm. still thought Cam Hayward could do enough to make them a, a top of the – Top half of the, in the league. Do the Superman thing. Carry it. Be it put the team uh, on his back. And he did the best he, he did possibly, he could. possibly could. He, he did was, that almost. I mean, he made first team all pro. He was one of, if not, probably the second best defensive lineman in the NFL, only behind Aaron Donald all year long. It's just, that's that's way too much weight to put on one man's shoulders. With the addition of Larry Ogunjobi now, the return of a hopefully well-adjusted Tyson Alawalu. I think baseline, you have to say 16. 16 out of 32 has to be your absolute floor. And hopefully that allows the teams to not get ahead of the chains too much, mm-hmm. allows them to have to throw the ball a lot more, and allows your bread and butter, which is that pass rush and Minka in the back end making a lot of plays and creating some turnovers. Hopefully that follows with the improvement of that run defense. When you're the last in the NFL in anything, it's going to be really hard to win. No question. No matter what that category is. There's a lot of factors that go into winning an NFL game, but at the end of the day, if you're last in something, that's not going to be easy to overcome. So I think jumping, even as I said, what I think is the baseline, 16th out of 32, that's a major upgrade from 32 out of 32. And I expect them to do better than 16 out of 32. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. I don't think we have to wrap anything up but tell you that what a great signing this has Absolutely. been. And what a good run from Omar Khan so I was far. just going to say that, Tom. How about the start for Omar Khan's tenure as a GM? Can't be criticized whatsoever. Handled the Stefan Tua thing really well in stride. Signed Mickey Fitzpatrick to this major deal. Went out and used that extra money from the Stefan Tua deal to sign Larry Joby as a replacement, possibly, for Stefan Tua. The guy is just... Can't hit the ground running faster than that. Nope. And the guy, I mean, can you expect anything different? The guy worked with arguably one of the best teams in NFL history. He's a Hall of Famer, in my book at least. Oh my God, maybe (laughs) it's it's the first two lines of of his. I guess you got to take your first steps, right? Yeah, exactly. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you guys giving us both a listen here on the Steelers Standard. We come back, we're going to take a look at each division in the NFL. We're going to see how many playoff teams we just think might sneak in from each division. So that's in the next episode. Make sure you give a listen to that. And as always, thanks for listening to the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.